Hey, we're Bizarre Investigations. I'm Hugh. <laughs> and I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I don't even know why I was laughing. Uh, um, this week's episode is what? Episode 34? It's one of those ones. It's 33. No, it might be 34. 33. It's been a year. It's in the 30s. We lost track now. Yeah, we, we lost track. But it's going to be a good episode. Oh, yeah. So this is tomorrow when this gets released. The day after it gets released, it will be one year since we started really releasing shit. Yep. That's awesome, dude. The whole year. Whole year. That's the, crazy. The best year of uh, our lifetime. 2020, baby. 2020. Best year ever. Hell yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta love it. It for sure was the best year we've ever had. It was not a bad year. I mean, for a lot of people, it was a bad year. I don't feel like it was that bad for us. No, it was like really good for me. I wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a pretty good year, I think. Yeah, fucking got approved to buy a house. Yeah. Getting that house in five days from now. Nice. Um, what else? I got I, a lot of shit paid off on my debt. Yeah. Just to get more debt. Just to get more. Uh, it's a never-ending debt cycle. But yeah, it's, it's been a fairly good year. I mean, I don't have too much to complain about. I, I don't either. Did we say what this episode was called? We did not. This episode is going to be the missing 411. Yep. If you guys haven't heard of that, it's uh, it's essentially weird disappearances of people. Mm-hmm. It's in like the national parks and forests mainly is what what it is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But uh, David Politis, he did a ton of research, and there's like over what 1,200 or 1,600 cases, something yeah, like that. 1,200. Over 1,200 cases that he found so far mm-hmm. that had weird or suspicious circumstances. Yeah. There's a I think, oh, excuse me, like six books. There's, and if we can find a link to actually put that in the fucking, what do you call it, uh, the description video. or whatever. Yeah. That'd be dope. Um, well, I'll I know to, we can, all you got to do is go to uh, Missing Can-Am uh, Project, the Missing Can-Am Project, and it'll take you to where you can buy all of his books. That's actually his YouTube page as well. And uh, you can buy all of his books, you can buy his movies, and... Whatever shows he has, yeah, I want to actually get those books. I would, but I don't. I wouldn't read them. Oh, it depends on how they're formatted. If I would read them or not, I'd probably read them. But um, I do want to get those books. I have watched both of his movies, The Missing Four One One and The Missing Four One One Hunted. Mm-hmm. Very good. If you guys haven't watched those, go on Amazon Prime. You guys can check those out. And pretty much, we're gonna go over the first two disappearances in The Missing Four One One Hunted. Yeah. So if you don't want spoilers, go watch that first, I guess. No. Listen to us and then go watch it. <laughs> It'll be better in the movie, I'm sure. Because you get to see stuff. Yeah, they reenact stuff. It, yeah. It'll be better in the movie, but hopefully you guys enjoy how we tell it, I yeah. guess. I mean, the first two cases of that the that movie, the documentary, uh, are crazy. Yeah. I, have you watched the first Missing 411 mm-hmm. now? Yeah. So actually, you can go on YouTube if you don't have Amazon Prime. Uh, it might be YouTube. What is it? YouTube Prime, YouTube Red, yeah. YouTube Premium, whatever it's called. Whatever it's called. If you have that, then it's free on there as well. So yeah. Uh, either way, so YouTube or or Amazon, you can watch these for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really good. Yeah, really good. Worth it. Um, I personally like the second one better than the first one. Also, if you don't have YouTube Premium, what the hell are you doing with your life? Because I didn't think it was important before, but now that I have it, I can't live without it. Yeah. No commercials, guys. No commercials. Fuck commercials. No commercials. So, 
yeah. Anyways, um, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the how this, why they're suspicious? Yeah, all right. So Dave Politis got into this because he was a former SWAT team member in San Jose. He was a police officer for 20 years. Uh, and he was a, like a good detective, right? And uh, at one point, after he retired, some park rangers at a you know a, a national park came up to him. And he was like, "Hey, you know, we've been having a lot of disappearances over here. Uh, like, are very suspicious. Like, we don't understand like what's going on." He's like, "All right, well, uh, let me look into it." And then he just got hooked. It was like his heroin. He just started like doing a research after research after research, and then he started like finding these little cluster zones. He started finding like certain things that all match together and uh here is a list of what he finds into cases if there's more than one yeah. it's potentially a missing 401 case yeah really quick um so this stuff is actually for me um it is really addicting because mm-hmm. like just starting to look at these cases i've literally listened to there's this guy on youtube named mr ballin he tells these stories. I mean, he tells other stories too, but he has like a series where he tells these stories and there's like three or four episode, whatever. But, um, I've listened to at least a hundred cases by now, mm-hmm. at least. And so it's kind of crazy. And they're very similar cases too. Like a lot of them. Yeah. They all have something in common. And, and the Mr. Ballin, I mean, he pretty much all he did was read the books. Yeah. That's, that's, exactly, cases. that's exactly what he did. Um, but what you're about to say right now, the little keys to this mm-hmm. is, is, I think, why they're so similar because yeah. a lot of, they have a lot of this in common. So They have to have at least two of these to be considered a missing 411. Yeah. So here's the, the list. So point of separation. So pretty much if me and Josh over here are going hiking in the woods and then I turn away to go like go pee or something like that and I come back, that at that point, the second I left to go pee, that's the point of separation. So if La- I come back and yeah. he's not there, it's pretty much last seen, right? Yeah, last seen spot. Uh, canines can't track, which is odd because they get Very bloodhounds. In a lot of these cases, they'll, they'll have even bloodhounds. get death. They'll even get death hounds out there or We're, cadaver, cadaver. Yeah, cadaver dogs. Cadaver dogs. Yeah. But these dogs are literally bred for this purpose mm-hmm. to to find scents and stuff. So so pretty much what that is, they'll like they'll pick up a track. Like they'll they'll find where that person is or was. So what the, they typically go to the last seen spot, right? Yeah. So the point of separation. point of separation, and they'll go there, and then like the dog will just do its thing and then sit down, and like this is where they're at, and or then they'll, they'll lost go, track, or they'll go like like barely miles, yeah, like or they'll go like barely away, and then there's no more scent. It's like yeah. this person's not here, obviously where mm-hmm. the scent ends, but there's they, also another they can't case. pick up the other scent. That I saw that the dog went like 10 miles, just one direction, 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And the, the handler is like, okay, so be, before we continue going over this, some of these missing 401s, they're never found. Mm-hmm. But some of them, they randomly show up out of nowhere. In the weirdest places, In too. the weirdest spots. Yeah, it's, it's super Like a random. child showing up 15 miles away from where it was last seen. A two-year-old child yeah. through wilderness. Like, it's With not no realistic. signs of harm, nothing like, yeah, it's really unrealistic. Um, but one of these times this dog was just started like beelining through the woods and the handler was like, no, and the dog was like, no, I, I have this scent. It's this way. And like just telling its handler, they went hiking through the woods and then eventually the bloodhound found the, the person and it was like a 12 year old boy who was only missing for like seven hours or 10 hours. 
somehow went like 15 miles through the woods. Yeah. There's a lot of like, for me, that's some of the most suspicious stuff right there. And, and he was on like a high rock that you couldn't just get up on. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Uh, the third one is time of disappearance. So what time of day it is pretty much. Yeah. Um, the other one is found in the area previously searched multiple times which is the weirdest thing right because yeah. not only are the bodies sometimes like the remains sometimes found in previously searched areas but sometimes they'll just locate like the person's belongings like mm. boots a backpack or something like that where they've already searched yeah and a lot of times they say this area has been searched multiple multiple times if not dozens of times yeah and some like for the first case that we're going to go over today uh they they said they covered the entire forest forest with lines like yeah. with, like string to yep. show like hey we searched this area yeah, and would, it was like look like spider webs what they call them is bump lines mm-hmm. so they'll get like obviously a ton of like yarn type like string whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and they'll just coordinate like they'll walk together down a line and they'll rope it off so we've covered this area so we roped it off in the yarn or whatever yeah and they'll move to another square and they'll do the same thing and mm-hmm. they would cross each other so they would go one way and then they would come back the next day go the opposite way and it was yeah they said it looked like a spider web after they were done yeah so it it just shows how thorough of a search they did yeah these guys are trained uh, mm-hmm. it's not just some random people normally going i mean you do get citizens going to try to help right but you, a lot of times you get the search and rescue teams that are trained also you guys are like two feet apart from each other so if you don't see it one you're probably going to step on whatever you're looking for mm-hmm. someone is because if you know a body is on average like five foot five or whatever and they're spread across and you're only two feet apart from each other, one person can step on the head, one person can step on the stomach, and one person can step on the feet. Yeah. Or they're just, you know, not fucking sideways. Exactly. Okay, so I've seen this is a method that they use. They'll, uh, especially in, like, really crowded areas, like uh, dense forest, Mm -hmm. um, they'll take five steps, look up, look down, look forward, look left, look right, take five steps, and do it all over again. Mm -hmm. That's thorough. Yeah. That's what we call police calling in the Marine Corps. So that, that I mean, that's something where you're not going to really miss much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for something to be found days later, that's that just weird, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fifth one is boulder fields. So like uh, rocks. Yeah, that's something for me. Like uh, I, I don't know what connection it actually has, but mm. it is weird, and, I, and for some reason, I, I think alien activity. When I, when I hear mm-hmm. boulder fields, I, yeah. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah. Right. And just like water. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's a lot of speculation that aliens don't come from the sky. They come from the water. Yeah. I Which I'm that. sorry. I know I took that, but that's one of them, right? Yeah. The, the sixth one is near water and there's no cases from a major body of water outside of 200 miles. Yeah. So there's always by major sources of water. So like the Great Lakes, that's a major source of water, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the oceans. Yeah. And that's where primary, like if you look at the cluster maps, because that's another one, geographic clusters. If you look at the clusters, there's nothing in cent- like the central North America. There's nothing because there's no water by it. Like the closest, closest ones are from the ones by the Great Lakes, but there's nothing in the middle of America. Yeah. You know, uh, so I know we know this, but the highest like disappearance rate is in Yosemite, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a place that I go to almost on a yearly basis. I didn't get to go this past year, obviously, mm-hmm. circumstances. But um, that's a place I go to on a yearly basis. I feel like uh, 
it'll be a little weirder now going there. Yeah. After reading all the stuff. There's, um, if they are found, they're most of the time missing clothes. And it's not because they're shredded to bits because of animals. They're just, they will most likely randomly place their clothing down. Mm-hmm. So um, there was this one boy who disappeared randomly and a lot of people blamed a mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Well, his clothes were found intact mm-hmm. and his pants were off of him inside out with no like real damage done. Which shows that you're taking your pants off. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird if a mountain lion took him, then why would he take his pants off? And it just doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. one of the many things that are just so suspicious, like the clothes that are missing. Yeah. Um, I see uh, also, so a lot of times too, they'll take their clothes off and they're like put away neatly to yeah. the side. Like it's just weird. Like it doesn't make sense, especially like I know when you get hypothermia, a lot of people like start ripping their clothes off and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think they make them nice. No, you don't fold them up and put them away nice, which is happens in a lot of these cases as well. Yeah. yeah which is really odd. Yeah. Super, super weird. Um, there's two more. The second to last is a weather event. So normally about a day or two days after the person goes missing mm-hmm. and they start surging, there's a massive weather event. And P- Politis says this can range from like a dust storm to a full-on blizzard. Yeah, anything. So like a rather significant weather event. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times though this happens and it kind of like hinders the search process. That's I think that's what always happens. Yeah. The second, you know, they start the investigation, they'll get like one day into like the search. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's fucking pouring or yeah. it's fucking a blizzard. Or... And you can't really search because the snow's so heavy or the rain's so heavy that you can't really make an accurate search. So yeah. they have to suspend the search for a day or two or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, the last one is a disability or illness. So most of the time, these people going in, like the first case that we're going to go through today. Wait, wait, the first case is going to be your case, correct? No, I... We could, I mean, or we just do these and we'll do mine in the end. Okay. Um, the first case will be like this guy named Tom. He was blind and he had like a, his hand was kind of messed up. Yeah. The second case, the guy had a bum knee and it's. There's a lot of cases where there's some kind of disability. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a common thing. Which, I mean, could be a, a theory into why these people are going missing. And, and you know what another thing is too? A lot of them are young children. There, there are a lot of children. A lot, a lot of young children. And maybe it's just uh, whatever is happening to them, whoever is taking them, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. whatever, whoever. Uh, maybe they just like to do that because it's easier prey, I guess. I mean, from the looks of all these cases that we've been looking at, it seems like everyone's an easy prey. Yeah, because they're, yeah, the, <laughs> the, hunted, well, the hunted one. There's people who are avid hunters who are in fairly good shape because you have to walk mountains and all that kind of mm-hmm. crap to hunt, right? So, uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess, I mean, really thinking about it. And these ones are the only ones that we're talking about that are in the forest. There's lots that happen not in a forest. Yeah. Like it, in cities. Yeah, those ones are weird too, but there's so many possibilities with those ones. Like there's a ton of people around because it's a city and all that kind of stuff. Not but. the ones I was looking at, like <clears throat> random like unknown cause of death, like how, remember those three cases I was telling you about where all three were doctors and mm. every single one of them died by fall damage, but nothing high was around them. Mm-hmm. 
like their skulls were fractured to a point where they had been dropped from like a 20 story building. Right. And then they were in the middle of a highway. Yeah. That's or a in the middle of a street. Too. That's weird. I mean, yeah, that's, that's super weird, but I feel like the ones in the forest are way more, uh, creepy, not even creepy, just like creepy unexplainable. Me. Like, because we, there's not a whole lot of options there. Mm. I mean, you can try to like debate these. Like I've tried so hard to like disprove this shit mm -hmm. and I'll go down like a rabbit hole. Like, okay, well maybe this happened. And then I get there. I'm like, okay, well how is that even possible? Yeah. <laughs> when you start you, to rationalize, when you start to try and rationalize these cases, you're like, oh, wait, no, that, that actually doesn't make sense. How could that have happened? Like it, it, it's, it's odd. It's yeah. super weird, man. Well, you want to get into uh, the first case, Tom? Um, yeah, I feel like you should tell yours first, honestly. But no, we'll tell mine a little bit. Okay, so let, let's do let's do Tom Messick. Yeah. Um, that was the first case they had on missing a four one one hunted. Mm -hmm. um, this guy was a war veteran. He, like you said, he he was blind in one eye. Mm -hmm. He's eighty two years old. Yeah. Um, By the way, a war veteran. He was an airborne ranger. Yeah. So like, they like pretty good. Top of the line guys. Now, 80, 82 is old. Yeah. But he's an avid hunter and he wasn't alone. He had, I think, a grand total of five people, six people with him. I thought it was a seven, including him, because there was four. Okay. So, how they were doing it, they were going up to this mountain to hunt. And how they were doing it is they would have the older gentleman in a line. Mm -hmm. So, they would get in a line at the end of the. Uh, the mountain mm -hmm. and they would just be sitting there kind of set up in like a blind type of thing mm -hmm. and there's four of them I thought there was only three I thought there was four yeah there was four and mm -hmm. then three went up the hill three of the younger guys went up the fucking mountain mm -hmm. and they were supposed to push whatever game they were hunting down the mountain towards these guys mm -hmm. so that they would have easier kills you yeah. know what I mean so how it worked out is Tom was on the very end of the line at the bottom with the older gentleman. Uh, so they're doing this and the three guys go up and start trying to push whatever it is up there mm -hmm. down. Um, during this time, a lot of the guys who obviously didn't disappear um, said that it was super creepy in the Eerie. woods. Like there was no sounds of nature essentially. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't normal for them. And they had been to this place many many times so they were familiar with the area as well they had walkie talkies to communicate with each other they were um they were, they were all hunters so they knew what they were doing um after this was done the hunt they pretty much didn't get anything obviously because like i said there was nothing going on in the woods it was super quiet nothing mm -hmm. going on so um they were all getting ready to come back right and once they all met back up at the truck, Tom didn't show up. Now, Tom's son was a, one of the younger guys who was pushing the people down or pushing the game down. Yeah. Um, so they were waiting. They're like, okay, well, maybe he's coming, whatever. They got on the walkie-talkie. He wasn't responding. So they waited for a little while before they went looking for him. They went looking for him, and obviously they found nothing. They went to where he was supposed to be at. They found nothing. Um, they went back to the, they, well they had they had separated so they searched for i want to say like three hours or something like that before mm -hmm. they really got concerned uh the son had made a call to the mom and was like hey he's missing but don't worry we're gonna find him the mom's like i'm coming i'm coming and he's like no don't worry we're gonna find him so i guess what hunters do 
is when someone's missing, they'll fire three shots consecutively that would allow the hunter to find his party. Or if you're like the hunter, you would fire three shots so that people wouldn't know where you're at. Yeah, because you're the last one. Three shots is like the, the universal, like, hey, I'm lost and you help. Right. And I guess they used to teach that in hunting courses, but they no longer do that. Mm-hmm. But it's a well-known thing among hunters, I guess. Well, anyways, so after I think the whole entire night they spent out there, they weren't able to find him. They were doing that. They were honking the truck horn, popping shots off to try to let him know they were there. And nothing happened. He didn't show up. They weren't able to find him, so they got a search party involved. Mm-hmm. It. Um, I didn't even say this, but I, this was on November 15th, 2015. They searched for him until November 26th, so 11 days. And they had, um, I, I think they had a huge, huge search party, like dogs, helicopters, yeah, at one point thermal there was vision. Like 300 people there. Yeah, they said it. Uh, the sun says on one of the nights there was at least 300 people there mm-hmm. searching for him. And but, the FBI got involved. Yeah, that's a little weird too. But okay, so they had. Um, Which, like, by the way, FBI's don't, FBI doesn't get involved in missing people's cases. Yeah, they, they only get involved into children. Right. So there was uh, helicopters involved searching from the air, right? But they, they had thermal vision, so they should be able to see any kind of like heat signatures that are being put off. Like. Mm-hmm. If you're a human, you put off a heat signature so they would be able to see you. Yeah. They didn't find anything. Nothing. Nothing. So, um, the weird thing is, I mean, this is pretty much what happened. The FBI did get involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, like you said, they don't, they don't investigate missing person, persons cases. So, yeah. it was super weird that the FBI was even there. Mm-hmm. Also raises suspicion, like, why is the FBI even looking into it? The only thing I could think of like when I'm trying to debunk it is because it green it got so much traction. Like 300 people were there searching for this one person, and maybe like the government was like, "Fuck it, let's that's, send in some of our resources." That's fairly normal in these cases, though. You see a large turnout because it's in a lot of times it's in these small towns where like, people give a fuck about each other. Yeah, where people give a fuck about each other and they actually care to mm-hmm. go help out. And you know, what I mean, they spend time on these mountains or forest or whatever it is, anyways. So they're like, "Hey, I can help. I can be of assistance." That type of thing. So the large search parties are actually pretty normal in these cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's not normal is the FBI coming and getting involved. I feel like that's suspicious to me. I mean, you guys know we we are uh, conspiracy theorists at heart. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it, for me, that's like, what are they hiding? Yeah, that's my. That's what I immediately jump to. When you get involved in something you're not supposed to be involved in, it's a little suspicious, and it seems like you may be trying to cover something up. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh... It's a bit odd. So they would they would never find anything on him at all. He literally Nothing. disappeared off the face of the planet. A lot of these times you'll see they find either remains or uh, articles of, of clothing, mm-hmm. anything, right? Um, they found nothing on Tom. Not even his gun, nothing. Which is weird, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot guns, of cases, guns are heavy to carry, especially if you're an old man yeah. walking around, lost in the forest, whatever. A lot of the cases, if a hunter goes missing, they won't find the gun. Right. Which is really crazy because you're walking through the woods alone you think you'd want to drop the one thing that's heavy mm-hmm. i mean well, unless you got a backpack but even then man um i mean guns are heavy and <laughs> guns, if you, guns if you, are he- and rifles if, are heavy if you have your gun why not shoot it that's true if you have your gun why not shoot it and let people know where you're at um another thing is that they ruled out is animal attack 
because they went to where he was at and he was stationed at, right? Mm-hmm. No signs of a death struggle, no signs of like blood, anything like that. If you're attacked by a large predator, mm-hmm. guess what? There's going to be blood. Yeah, or like your clothes everywhere. Something, some mm-hmm. kind of sign that there was a struggle. And also if you're attacked by uh, a large predator, you're dropping something. Right. And you're definitely like, okay, so for instance... You, I mean, these people are also only 50 yards away from each other. Right. So in this in line, the blind, they're, yeah. they're not very far from each other. So you think you would have heard something. But I at mean, the same time, just say an animal was stealthy enough to come, grab him by the neck and kill him instantly, drag him away. So he wasn't able to yell. You see drag marks on the ground. His gun wasn't there. Yeah. He wouldn't have been held onto his gun the whole time he was dead. You'd also have drag marks somewhere. Yeah. You would you'd also you'd see have something. Prints. Exactly. You would see something, man. So he disappeared off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. A guy who's an avid hunter who did it his whole life um, knew these woods, and he was just—I think it was honestly just—he was unlucky enough to be at the end of the line that made him the easiest target. True. Yeah, that's my opinion. But um, whatever took him, because I don't think he just disappeared and was managed to be gone and not be found. I mean, an 82-year-old man mm-hmm. who's blind in one eye. He's not gonna go across the country and just disappear. You know what I mean, yeah, they searched a huge, huge area. Mm-hmm. So just the first of many, many suspicious disappearances. Yeah, for sure. Also, okay. So before we move on, they, the family, I guess, went back a year later. Um, I mean, the son, I guess, he searched uh, every now and then. Also, right for, uh, after the search ended on November twenty-six, but the whole family went back a year later. And put up a cross of flowers, and I guess it's still there to this day, which is kind of crazy. That's good. Yeah. The other thing is, when you're going over it, so these are the the points that were made. Yeah. Okay. The one, okay, so the points we made up in the beginning, these are all that apply to this case. All right, point of separation. The second he went to his little place, that he went into the woods, mm-hmm. that, was, that was a point of separation because no one could see him anymore. Uh, the canine can't track. They went all the way up to his body where he was stationed they they brought in bloodhounds on this case yeah and they couldn't find him he was by a lake which is near water plus he was in new york so that's right by the fucking atlantic ocean uh a weather event happened i think a day or two after they started searching i think it was a big rainstorm Mm -hmm. Uh, then he had a disability and or illness so he was blind and uh hardened hearing we didn't say that, but he had hearing aids. So yeah. that is a disability and an illness. It is. So that is, um, what, five points? Yeah, so it qualifies. It qualifies, yeah. All right, so the next case we're going to go over is a guy named Melvin. How old is Melvin? Melvin, Melvin, Melvin Nadal. I don't know. You don't know? He was older. He has to I be think, in his 60s, 70s. I was going to say 60s, actually. Yeah, I 60s and 60s. 70s. Um, before this event happened, he, uh, actually really hurt his knee to a point where like he was having trouble walking. So he, he and his buddies, two buddies go hunting. He meets him at the, the hunting spot. And when he gets there, the buddy, they're all going bow hunting for elk. And they're like, Hey, the two buddies that he met were like, Hey, we're going to go up, up the hill what do you want to do? And he was like, I'm just going to go down into that blind right there into this little tree section. Cause there was like, I don't know, 50 trees in this spot. He's like, I'm just going to go there and chill. Cause I don't want to hike uphill because my knees bum. 
Yeah, so uh, he's 61, by the way. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but okay. I just looked it up. He's 61. Okay. So uh, like good to go so that his two buddies go upside the hill, and he goes into the blind. He says the, the two friends say they saw him go into that tree, like that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, night falls. They go. The two buddies come down from the hill. They go to his vehicle. They don't see him in there. So at that point, they start firing rounds, and they don't hear nothing. So in the morning, or no, I think someone came up actually with the satellite phone. Yeah, yeah. So how I remember it is, they checked obviously his vehicle, the blind. He's not there, mm-hmm. and so they they go looking for him a little bit, but they realize that he's got a bum knee. He's not going very far. So they look in the immediate area. They don't go really too far. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think you're right. They did start firing shots off because that's a universal signal. So they start firing shots off, honking the horn. Mm-hmm. and trying to get his attention essentially i think some random person came up and Another, like, yeah. i got a satellite phone so they called the local sheriff sheriff came out immediately started uh searching and the first thing that happened was the dog went straight towards his blind and that's the only scent they had yeah only thing no he also had a bow you gotta imagine this a guy with a bum knee right has a bow and bows aren't you know that light they're, I mean, they're not no, they're, that heavy. No, the, an actual hunting bow? No, it's not light at all. Yeah, but that was never found, ever. Yeah, he... Um, they also searched this area with thermals and infrared, and uh, nothing was ever found. And his wife said he was not... She didn't necessarily say he was lazy, but she said, nah, he's not running around, walking around, chasing animals and stuff. He was. He would have been, like, stationary. Yeah, he... Yeah, pretty much lazy. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much lazy. Um, but yeah, they never found him. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. They they searched the area. They brought in dogs. They brought. I mean, it's okay. Another crazy thing is he actually had a GPS in his vehicle that he didn't have on his person. Yeah. <clears throat> now Dave Politis always recommends you having a personal beacon on your person, which uh, if you're going hiking, not like while you're walking around the city, but if you're going hiking with your buddies and you think something might happen. He didn't even, even if you don't think yeah, something he, might happen, yeah. Have a personal locator beacon with you. He says, you know, the the initial price is hefty, but it's going to be well paid if if, if it saves your life. Right. It's like I think it's like 150 bucks for like a little thing you keep on you. So Some, if so, you get lost, you press the button and it pings it to a GPS, and mm-hmm. then it'll be within 10 meters. Yeah, there's even one you could buy because there's another case in here that uh, it's like a walkie-talkie that has a GPS attached to it. Mm-hmm. So every time you use the walkie-talkie, it'll ping, like you said, to a satellite, your location. Um, one of the cases in that uh, missing 411 hunted, mm-hmm. but one of the guys, the younger, he was a younger guy too, and he had that, and they knew his last location. Mm-hmm. So uh, he wasn't found there, though. No, not <laughs> at all. But yeah, so um, Melvin Nadal, he he <laughs> he disappeared. Yeah, and um, I think, I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure there was boulder fields by him. There probably was. Um, I know he disappeared, was it says he disappeared September 6, 2009. Okay, there was, so there's boulder fields. Uh, point of separation was when his buddies last saw him walk into the forest. Mm-hmm. And this for when I say forest, I'm just saying a grouping of trees, because it wasn't a forest. It was like... Right, well, they went to go scout the area right up the hill they they were planning on staying for at least a day or two probably yeah and he was staying there because he couldn't go up a hill and scout so he that's the only reason he didn't go with them is he was bum and he couldn't do it but 
what I'm trying to say is that when I say those that, that forest, I'm I really mean it was like a hundred trees mm-hmm. like grouped together in one little spot, and that's where he was going to you know stalk the deer. Right. And um. Yeah. So point of separation when he goes into that grouping of trees, uh, canines can't track. Um, boulder fields near water. Every single one of these cases are gonna be near water because it's within the 200 mile radius. Yep. Uh, there was a weather event that happened right after, and he had a disability or illness. So pretty much the same exact. I think that was six points actually. Yeah, qualifies. Qualifies. All right, you want to go over your next one? Um. Yeah, I'll go over my next one. My next one is gonna be Kevin Robert O'Keefe. Um, he's a Sacramento native, which if you guys listen to our show, you know that's where we're from. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an avid outdoorsman, and he had this dream of going to Alaska and kind of roughing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was back in 1985, 36 years old. Uh, so he knew that he wanted to go by himself. He didn't want to go with people, and he wanted to camp out. And so he did take, like, courses to survive in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So he took these courses and he felt like he was super prepared. So on September 20th in 1985, he arrived in Alaska and he went to Glacier Bay National Park at the Wolf Point area. Okay. And he set up camp, but before he set up camp, he had ran into the Rangers and introduced himself and told them all that, "Hey, I'm going to be here for 3 weeks camping up here." You know, you kind of just like giving them a heads up. I'm going to be by myself and all that kind of stuff, which the Rangers would say is not normal for people to go camping up there by themselves. It's pretty dangerous, actually. Yeah. Because it's Alaska. Mm-hmm. Alaska's is fucking crazy, man. Oh, yeah. Um, so he would uh, he would go there, set up camp and everything like that. And the Rangers knew he was there. So on September, no, October 8th, they would go check up on him. And they would see his camp was not occupied at this point. They seen the tent, the top that holds it together was kind of broken and all his stuff was there. So he had set up, it looked like his backpack was set up for a a day hike or a a hike in general. Like it had all the stuff you would need to go out on a hike. Mm -hmm. So they didn't, they thought it was suspicious that he would just leave a backpack if that's what he was doing, right? If he went on a little hike and left his campgrounds. They thought that would be suspicious to leave your backpack with your food and your all your needs on a hike. Yeah. But they didn't, they're like, okay, well, he could just be out doing something, so whatever. And uh, they left. Mm-hmm. They came back two days later, which is the 10th, and this is the day that he had planned to leave. Yeah. They came back, and it was clear and obvious to them at this point that he hadn't returned to this campground. Mm-hmm. It was the exact same way. It was two days prior. Right. So they're like, okay, well, now we're concerned because he clearly hasn't returned to his camp in two days. Not only that, all the stuff's the same way. So his tent's still up, but the top's broken. Um, His backpack's there. All of his stuff's out. Food's out. Yeah. No, well, his backpack, everything was exactly how they left it. Well, I know, but there was food that was in his tent that wasn't taken. Right. So they did say that. The food in the tent was untouched by animals. So... um. They're like, okay, this is super weird. Uh, He's supposed to be leaving today. If he was fine, he would be packed up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Well, he wasn't. They also said that the tent was in a weird spot. It was down like in a sandy area where you wouldn't normally set up a tent. Yeah. I don't know if that has to do with it, but maybe he just didn't know where to set up a tent. I I, I don't know. Could. But um, 
they're like, okay, at this point we need to find him. He's clearly not returned in two days. So what they do is they contact search and rescue. They bring in dogs, helicopters, all this crap, and mm-hmm. they search for him. Again, nothing's found for days. Two days after they begin the search, dogs find his uh, his boots, his glove liner, and a hat in a really like odd place. Um, I don't remember what they said exactly, but it was just a really super odd place, like why are they there type of thing. And then uh, they keep searching, and uh, same same old story, nothing found. Mm-hmm. They never found anything on him, and then uh, his family obviously never got closure. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Uh, it's like all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, never found anything on him. So they searched for him for, I want to say, like 10 days. Yeah. Before they finally called off the search, and nothing was found, man, except for the the liner to his gloves, the hat, and boots. Outside of that, nothing. So, point of separation when he stopped talking to the park rangers or sheriffs or whatever they were. K uh, and could not track. He was near water, and he was missing clothing. Right, and so a lot of people were like, oh, he clearly it's Alaska, right? Uh, he got attacked by some large predator, or a grizzly bear got him or whatever. The rangers who are familiar with this area and familiar with like the animals in the area say they've seen plenty of, um, unfortunately, plenty of bear attacks. Yeah. In this case, there's always a death struggle. Mm-hmm. There's always evidence, blood, whether it be blood, clothing, um, like marks on the ground from him struggling. Like, like I said, the death struggle, there's destroyed property. Like literally the tent would be in shambles. The bear would not have just taken him and left all the food in the tent. Exactly. Um, so it just, nothing added up with a predator attack at all. Yeah. So that's another reason why it's so suspicious is because they essentially, I mean, a lot of people want to say it was just a predator, right? And that's in a lot of these cases they do, but Literally, there's nothing to indicate that it was a predator attack. Mm-hmm. It's just an easy answer. Yeah. Because they're in the wilderness. So everybody always points to that. No, it was just a fucking animal got him, right? Mm-hmm. I, there's almost never evidence of that. Right. If there was evidence of that, then it wouldn't be in this case, these cases because it would be easily explained as a predator attack. Yeah. So it would be, it would be written off as a predator attack. Right. So you wouldn't have, it wouldn't even be involved in the missing 411 cases. No. No, but yeah, I think that's always weird too because that's what a lot of people point to: is predator attack, predator attack. Like, and then that's why I keep saying like you can try to like some of these cases you can try to dig a hole. And like, you know, this is easy. I I I know exactly what happened. It's this, and then you start doing more research. Like, okay, well that can't happen. How right. does that happen? Exactly. Like for for Melvin or for not for Melvin for Tom, an example. I was trying to figure out like, okay, what could happen to him. And I was listening to a whole bunch of podcasts. One podcast was like maybe a indigenous tribe grabbed him and took him. Okay, well you would see that indigenous tribe somewhere. You see footprints leading away yeah. from it. You, there's always going, especially indigenous tribes. Like they're not going to cover up their tracks and all that shit. Mm-hmm. They're not going to. They're not really think that all this advanced technology that we have. No, they're not. So they would leave something behind, and you would definitely see it. Anyone would leave something behind. Any person. Any person. Anything should leave something behind. And a lot of these cases, too, you don't have time to cover your tracks. Like, say, for instance, you are, like, abducting someone. You you don't have time to cover up all the evidence. You don't. So there would be evidence there at some point. 
I mean, they weren't for back to Tom. They weren't hiking or they weren't waiting there for, you know, 20 hours. They were there for like, what, three, four hours? Not mm-hmm. even? Couple, yeah, a few hours. And then, uh, uh, like I said, there was nothing happening with the hunting. So they're like, ah, screw it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So I think I'm going to talk about my case now. Okay, for sure. In my case, I mean like. What happened to you? What happened to me? Now, if you guys are like original fans or, you know, li- original listeners, you guys will heard, like, you would have heard my case on, what episode? Episode one? It was early on in our tenure. <laughs> it, was, it, was in, it was one of the earlier episodes for sure. So, when I was younger, uh, I was definitely, my first encounter with whatever the fuck I encountered was I was 17. And uh, me and my best friend were about to go uh, camping. And we didn't want to just go to like a normal campsite where, you know, you pull your car up, you pitch your tent, you got to pay someone to go there. You pitch your tent and then you go camping for, you know, the weekend. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to go hiking into the woods. We wanted to do something funner. Yeah. More so exciting. More exciting. So, you know, we grabbed our shit and we were, we were kids. We overpacked way too much. Like we had no idea what we we're doing. So we just packed as much shit as we could. We got some backpacks and we started hiking into the woods. We went to the El Dorado National Forest. Um, we hiked, I want to say maybe at least a mile, at least a mile. And we found this nice flat open area. There's one tree dead center in the middle of this open area. It was, it was probably like three, four acres of just no land mm-hmm. or no trees. It was yeah, just, just open area. Like open a, area. Like, yeah. And, uh, the entire time while we were walking to this place, not a single animal was seen. Not a single animal was heard except for one bird. This bird, and I shit you not, followed us from our car to that campsite. And it was stayed in the area of our campsite. It was a crow, right? It was a crow. Crows. Crows but, are creepy. But you know, crows go, whatever the fucking crow sounds. This <laughs> this fucking crow was like, sound like a foghorn. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? And me and my buddy like <clears throat> like we're like, what what the fuck is that noise? And we looked up and it was this crow. So, anyways, we go through the night, we're not seeing an animal. We get our food and we're we're smart little 17 year olds. We grab our food, we go a quarter mile into the fucking forest, and we throw up into a tree. We have our rope so we can get it back the next day. And so we have nothing by us, no food, nothing. And we go back to our tent. Now, in the middle of the night, around like one or two in the morning. I just get this eerie feeling and I wake up and I know my buddy woke up at the same time I did because, you know, we, we kind of like made our, an eye contact without looking at each other. Like we didn't move our body. Like I could tell he was trying to look at me and I, he could tell I was looking at him. And then I just see these three fucking claws go into my tent. Now they don't go like cut through my tent. They just like poke through. Like they're touching it. Like they're touching it, but they're, it's going down towards my head. And it goes away, and then it goes back up to the same exact spot it started. And Almost it goes like back. something is petting it. Kind of, but it was like on my head. Like it didn't ever touch my fake my head or anything, but my head was like on the tent, so it could have touched it if it went down more. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, at that point, my eyes like widened, and in my head I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And then I see it on my peripheral go down towards my buddy's head. Same fucking thing, three uh, two times. And at that point, me and my buddy looked at each other, and we just both punched a tent. We ran outside. And remember, I said this was an empty field, and we have like, we're, like I said, we brought flashlights. Or I didn't say this, but we brought flashlights. We searched the entire field, not a single thing, not an animal, not a fucking like rat, not a, anything. 
we're like, okay, this is this is kind of spooky. And uh, we weren't we weren't on the tree, so what we did we're, we're walking in the dark, go around the tree. Man, I hate talking about this shit, but uh, mm-hmm. nothing, not a single thing. So the second the sun came out, I can tell you, I packed that tent up so fucking fast, and we ran a mile through the fucking woods to back to that car because we got the fuck out of there. Uh, we said we're gonna come back when we're eighteen. So we go, we come back, we turn eighteen, we go get our guns. And uh, we're legally allowed to own guns at 18, you know, in America. So this time we're like, okay, we're not going to go to the same spot because that was sketchy. So this time we go to a different spot inside the National Forest still. Nothing creepy happens during the day. I don't hear, I don't hear a bird. I don't see, I don't see any, oh, excuse me. I don't see any animals still. It's just me and my buddy. No animals, nothing. Uh, this time we can have a fire because last time we couldn't. I didn't say that. Um, we had three logs in the fire when we we're going to bed. So I took one out. I peed on one. He peed on one. We poured water on the other one and they're all out of the fire ring. And around the same time in the morning at one or two in the morning, I was like, Hey, d- did you turn the fire back on? And he like woke up. He was like, no, we go back out there. The logs were exactly how we placed them. How you had originally placed them. I originally placed them inside the, the fire ring. Like one, uh, they're, Two horizontal on the bottom, one vertical on top of both those. And this is ones. after you guys had put out the fire and taken these out of the area, right? And I, I peed on one, he peed on one, and we poured water in the other one. So they're like, they're out. There's no way there's there was no embers on them, nothing, because we put them out of the ring, not going to let any fire start. And yet a fire started. So, But that, inside our ring. See, now that's weird too, just because, first of all, the fire starting up, you can explain that, right? Uh Got you accidentally didn't put it all out or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can rationalize that, but you took the wood out and then placed it elsewhere, and then it was placed how you had originally placed it after the fact. So mm-hmm. that's the part that's unexplainable. That is the part that's unexplainable. So you can, like, okay, first of all, the fire starting, probably not really rational like to think about anyways, but... Mm-hmm you can make it make sense in your head. Like, uh, if I, I just didn't, I, I fucking didn't put it out all the way. And you know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the wood was moved back into place and then it started up is what. Yeah. If, if I saw like a, you know, fire outside and it was from one of the logs. Yeah. That would make sense. Right. I mean, not really. Cause I fucking <laughs> drenched it, but, uh, I would, it would be more reasonable to see that happen. than right. The logs go back. So like, okay, that's, that's creepy. We go back a third time and all these times we stay up for two nights in a row after we turned 18. Cause we're like, we have weapons now. We're not that afraid cause we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Uh, the third time we go up there, uh, we see shadows like this one shadow, his girlfriend came up with us and we're searching the area where we're going camping and she, we just heard a scream. So we went back there and she's like pointing at this tree and you can see a shadow and the shadow, when you walk up to it, me and my buddy started going around the tree and the shadow split apart and went around the tree with us. And it wasn't, it wasn't our shadow. Like the arch, like the, the sun was like behind that tree. Like the shadow split and did like as if it was two people. Yeah. So I, I'm doing a visual right now, but there's a shadow, one shadow on the tree. I, we're both walking up to it. My buddy goes left. I go right. And the shadows split apart and go with us. Hmm. And we're like, okay, <laughs> okay, what? But Nothing, nothing crazy happens at night. Now, did you guys see your own shadows in a different place? Yeah, the, the sun was behind that tree, mm-hmm. so our shadows were behind us. Okay. So it wasn't our shadows being projected on that tree. Um, nothing else happens that time. Nothing crazy. Um, the next one, 
the craziest one I can think of because me and him both experienced this at the same exact time and we were both we weren't on drugs we weren't drunk like we have no idea how this happened around one or two in the morning all we saw was flames like it literally looked like the entire forest was on fire like almost like you guys were hallucinating but I'm not saying you were no, I know I'm, I'm just saying, saying that's like, what it seemed like we like. felt heat we felt everything and we're like dude the fucking force is on fire so we got in the car and we just booked it through the forest like we saw embers flying down and then it just vanished hmm. and I I know I wasn't just hallucinating because he saw it too it's like one of those things that you can't really I mean have you ever experienced something that someone else hasn't experienced Probably. like you might have like just had a daydream like oh shit did you guys see yeah, that yeah yeah for sure. I have that too, but this time he was like, no, I saw that shit. Yeah, that's, that's weird. The forest that, on fire. <laughs> it's weird that both you saw. Didn't you guys, didn't you say that during one of these trips, you guys had actually found a house that looked like it was on fire not too far from here, or mm-hmm. a barn or something like that? It was in the woods, yeah. There's a, there's a burned down barn in the middle of the woods. That's creepy too, man. Yeah. It's fucking, I used it, to think, I used so, to think it was like a skinwalker. There's a lot going on with the fire because then... You guys, fire started on its own, and then and the you guys whole forest flames. On fire. You guys find a house that looks like it was burned. Now we found that house of, like the second time we went up there. Yeah, but I originally used to think it was like fucking skinwalkers, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, know anymore. Know. After after missing four hundred one, I don't know what it is. It could be aliens. It could be fucking. I don't know. I think it's Bigfoots. Like, and I don't think Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Look, first of all, I think I don't think Bigfoot is what we think bigfoot is anymore like i think that it could be like extraterrestrial i Mm -hmm. think i actually have said that before but like that's what i think bigfoot is now and i think that bigfoot has a lot to do with it i mean it's just weird that it happens so much in forests and all that kind of stuff and i think that they are capable of moving without being seen and i agree they're they have capabilities that we're not aware of so it could just be that i Mm -hmm. mean that's what i like to think anyways and then i have the last time, and we haven't gone back since, because me and him both went in the military, and then uh, we just haven't had time since we joined the military. Um, we we're telling people about this stuff. We're telling our friends at school because we're at this point we're still in high school, and uh, no one believed us. Like, like I sw- we swear, dude. Like, come with us. Come camping with us. And they're like, fine, pussies. So, um, we brought one of our friends. Just name him Kyle. We got one guy friend, and then we got three girls with us. No one believed us. I'm not gonna name these people. Um, we go up there. So originally Kyle and the one girl come with us, came with us, and we gave the exact coordinates to these other two girls that are meeting us up there, and like the exact coordinates where we're going. We're not gonna venture off into the woods. We're going straight off the side of a road in the national forest. Mm. So if you went to the coordinates you would land on us. Like, there's no way... You, like, drop a pin or something? Yeah, I drop a pin on... Like, I searched... I went on Google Maps. I found, like, exactly where I was going to go. I dropped the pin. I, I gave it to them. Like, cool, we'll meet you there. It looks like it's only, like, a 55-minute drive. Like, cool, see you then. Uh, I said, you got to tell us an exact time and, like, a, you know, an exact range of when you'll be here because if you're not here at this certain time, I we need to go look for you. So they said, okay, we'll be here from like, you know, 4.30 to 5.30. I was like, cool, an hour. It was like 6 o'clock. We're like, okay, this is kind of weird that they're not up here yet. So my buddy, the original buddy who came up with me, he was like, all right, I'll stay at the campsite. You guys can keep walking. So 
uh, one of the, the girl that came with the, came up with us, Kyle and myself, started going through the woods. We started running. And I didn't learn this until last week when I was talking to my buddy about it. But he said, as we turned the bend, he said, have fun, guys. And he said, someone yelled back. And he said, hmm, or I don't know what the fuck he said. But I was like, no. Someone responded to him saying, have fun. Yeah. And none of us said a single word. You said you didn't even hear him. I didn't even hear him. Yeah. No, I didn't. I did not even know he said that. And then until I asked him, I was like, do you remember our fucking camping experiences? He's like, of course. I was like, can you think of anything elder, uh, else that's weird other than these objects right here? He's like, uh, well, besides when you guys left, I said something to you guys. I was like, you never said anything to us. 100% you didn't say anything to us. And he's like, oh, well, someone responded to me. So, okay. Anyways, we keep running. My buddy, Kyle, had a hurt leg. And he hurt his leg even worse. So the girl's like, hey, I'll go limp him back to camp. At this point, we're like about a mile away. I was like, good to go? So I keep running. And I swear to God, like I'm not even messing with you guys. I started getting this like this eerie, like this deep eerie feeling. Like kind of like. Dread. Dread. Yeah, sure. This Like I I heard sounds, but I feel like it was just like my blood boiling type of sound. Like, mm, like it was just getting, I don't even know how to say it, like intensifying as I was running and it was just getting louder and louder and louder. And I see the headlights of the truck and everything went away. It just, just went like that. And I was not hearing the sound anymore. I wasn't like scared anymore. I was like, what the fuck? And then we, I met up with those girls and we go back to camp. We actually pick up the person that hurt his leg we go to my buddy and my buddy, I could just see fear in his eyes. I was like, you good? He's like, dude, I just been hearing noises this entire time. So he was hearing the same fucking noise that I was hearing, but we were like a mile or two apart from each other. Now, after I heard this, I told you straight up, I was like, that's so stupid that you, first of all, your buddy stayed by himself because mm-hmm. there was four of you. Mm-hmm. One could have stayed with him. One could have <laughs> went with you. That's stupid. Yeah. And then also once you said uh, you went, you ended up going by yourself for the second half of that trip to the pick up your other friends, mm-hmm. you went by yourself. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's stupid too. I'm honestly surprised we're still here today. After reading all these stories, I, I'm, I'm not, from the feelings that we were getting and all the past experiences that we were facing, mm-hmm. I'm honestly surprised he wasn't gone or I wasn't gone. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys are lucky, uh-huh. honestly. I mean, because... Because point of separation, me and him, like, he was probably by himself for at least 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, that's wild. I was by myself for at least 20 minutes. And from all these stories, we know it doesn't even take a minute to actually disappear. Not even. It takes, like, 10 seconds. So, yeah, you guys are lucky, man. And honestly, you guys made some bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really want to go back up there, but with a lot more people and not be stupid. I would go back up there with just us. Yeah. I would do that. I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. Yeah. And then we get fucking murdered. <laughs> That's not going to happen, dude. All right. Well, sorry if that was story was all over the place. It kind of... Uh, no, it was... I think this, this time around, it was more structured than the first time you told it. Yeah, I think so. Well, we also weren't structured back then. No, not, not as much, for sure. All right. Well, uh, you got anything else? Yeah. Let me uh, let me tell this last story. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. I know we're pushing an hour right now. Yep. Um, so my last one, yeah, I kind of want to end it on a good note. So the guy's name is Stephen Kubaki. He's 23 years old. He goes to Pope University in Michigan. Um, this happened back in February 1978. Uh, he had planned, he was an outdoorsman, so he had planned a solo ski trip in Michigan 
um, around the what they call the Michigan Triangle back then, where like in the 1800s, I guess a ton of people disappeared from here. Right. They compare this to like what we think of the Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. like all these mysterious disappearances and whatnot. Have you ever heard the Pacific Triangle? I have actually. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Michigan's version of that. Okay. Um. So he goes on this ski trip uh, all by himself. Uh, and what did I say? February 1978. So a couple of days after he goes on this ski trip, and he was only supposed to be gone for like a week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he's only supposed to be gone for like a couple of days. But anyways, so a couple of days after these snowmobilers that were on the mountain or whatever, they find two skis in the ground. Okay. Around the same time they find this, the family reports him missing. So they're like, okay, well, he should have been back by now. He's missing. Um, two days, so they they send out a search team. And search and rescue, just like always, goes out and starts searching for him. They don't find anything. And they start the search where the skis were found because they turn out to be his. And he these two skis were underground. Like, yeah, these two skis were like stuck in the snow, sticking straight up or whatever. Um, so after two days of searching for him, they're not finding anything whatsoever. And where they found the skis, now his backpack's there. <laughs> yeah. So two days after they find the skis in the same exact spot, the backpack's found. Okay. And then they continue the search, but it turns up nothing. I think the the typical, they do it for like a week or two mm-hmm. and nothing's turns up like literally no evidence outside of the backpack nothing so they assume he's dead and all this kind of stuff right 15 months later uh steven's dad hears knocking on the door it's steven <laughs> yeah crazy um apparently uh he woke up in a field like 40 miles away and it was near his aunt's house so he just goes over there to his aunt's house, and aunt, his aunt immediately drives him over to his dad's house. Uh, there was no explanation so he was in a for it. Coma for fifteen months. He doesn't know what happened for fifteen months. He just woke up in a field. He has no recollection of what happened, but he did have a brand new backpack with him that had all this like memorabilia from all around the country. So he was in like remember this was in Michigan where he went. He disappeared. He has stuff from San Francisco, um, so from California, and all over the country he has this kind of like memorabilia that he supposedly was traveling the country, and he's like, I, I, I don't know, I just remember I was in Michigan in the skiing trip or whatever, and then next thing I know I'm waking up in this field. So he was wearing a shirt from like a race in like New Hampshire or some, something like that, something weird. And uh, he just, he says, he's like, I have no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> fucking over a year later, he just randomly shows randomly up. shows up in a field. That's crazy. And it's that's what biz- some of these missing 401 cases are. Like they're not all deaths. It's bizarre as hell. And okay. So you could rationalize this by saying he just ran away. You could say that. And that one would actually make sense, right? Because mm-hmm. he could be lying and he really ran away and he somehow managed to travel the entire country without, without using his credit card, his credit card or mm-hmm. his debit card and actually being found, right? Well, actually, I don't even know, 1978? There's definitely credit cards back then. Yeah. So either way, I mean, he, he left no trace. I, think. I mean, I don't know what, he was a college student, right? I so don't know, yeah, because yeah, he went to Pope University. Yeah. So he was a college student. 
Uh, you're telling me this college student has the funds to travel all around the country? Probably not. Right. But it, it's, just, it's just super 1950, weird. 1950, so yeah, there were credit cards. Yeah. It, it's just super weird for me. Um, I mean, this ended on a good note because he was found alive, so I kind of wanted to end it with that one. I mean, I was um, not dead. That's true. You didn't die either. <laughs> um, I was just stupid made dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a good thing, but to disappear for 15 months and have no memory of what happened to you? That's crazy. That's wild, man. But I feel like that's a good spot. And I mean, imagine being those parents. They probably are fucking so happy. Oh, my God. Do you imagine the roller coaster of emotions you just went through? Okay, your son's missing. You probably had a funeral. Yeah, you probably did. Your son's missing. You're right. hoping for the best. What do you do at that point? If you... Had a funeral. Do you, like, go dig up the fucking fake coffin you put in the ground? <laughs> you probably just <laughs> leave it there until he really dies and then dig it up. And then just <laughs> dig all the dirt, open it again there, bitch. Get in there. We already had one for you, motherfucker. We already had a funeral. We're not paying for it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess, so the search and rescue team, I guess they ended up deciding that he had must have fallen in the lake or something like that and just was swept away or whatever. And they never found him. But so they probably did. They probably did have a funeral and stuff like that because they assumed he was dead. I was thinking that he could have fell into like one of those holes where all <clears throat> like on a tree where, you know, not all the snow goes like on the tree. Mm hmm. So you go buy a tree, you just sink all the way down. Yeah. I was thinking maybe he, one of that shit happened, but... Could have. He I fucking... Mean, yeah, he went 15 on a fucking months. vacation. You're not surviving in the wilderness for 15 months, for yeah. sure. Um, it's yeah, just an odd case, man. It's crazy, yeah. For now, sure, we're man. not going to make it this a two-part in a row. Well, what we want to do, and I we, we've discussed, is maybe making this like a regular thing where we discuss different cases on these episodes. I think that'd be kind of fun, actually. Now, we love... This shit. We love true crime, though. This shit is bizarre crime. This is bizarre crime. It's <laughs> it, In my opinion, it's still true crime. Uh, there's just unexplained hey, true crime. Yeah, I mean, there's like, a there's a bizarre aspect to it. For sure there is, man. And this is, this is fun for me. I love looking into this kind of stuff, and there's so much to look into. We do this literally forever. Yeah, you guys can find... There's, I mean... Dave Politis has found like 1,200 cases. Right. So like like I said, we literally do this forever. Yeah. I mean, not literally, but... Yeah. So don't expect part two of this to come out next week. It's not. It's not. It's yeah. Gonna, we may do a second, like maybe next season, whatever. Yeah. Maybe whatever a few episodes. Right. We don't know. But uh, we're definitely not going to stop this because we love looking into this shit. And uh, you guys really should watch the movies. My he, opinion, my opinion, The Hunted... The f- missing 411, The Hunted, way is better. the best one. Way better than the first one. Uh, the, the first, first one, one was about one case. It was, but there was other cases sprinkled in between it. Yeah, but, um, kinda. The case, <laughs> no, there was, but the case was actually like, uh, it, to me, it looked like uh, the parents killed this kid or the fucking creepers that were with him killed him. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looked like to me, but. The second one's way better. Might the be. second one's way, way, way better, but watch them both, they're both good. Both worth yeah. watching. All right, you got anything else? Um, I do not. I do not. All right, so uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at... Bizarre Investigations Podcast. And then uh, send us emails, send us questions, send us hate mail, whatever you want, at bizarreinvestigations <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> send us whatever you want to send us. Um, send us ideas of what you guys want to hear. Yeah, for sure. If you guys have any cases you want us to look into, um, we're like primarily doing true crime now. Primarily. I mean, you guys have probably noticed that from our recent episodes. So, <laughs> um, 
Hit us up, man. If you guys want, got a suspicious case you want us to look into, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Hit us up. Just got to let us know. You got to communicate with us and tell us like, hey, fuckers, we want this done. I'll be like, gotcha. Gotcha. For sure. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for me. Yes, sir. All right. Toodaloo. Peace out.